Welcome to the PEDS-NP, Pearls of Pediatric Evidence-Based Practice. I'm Becky Carson, Clinical Assistant Professor at Catholic University. And today, I've got a message for my FNP students who just finished primary care pediatrics and every other student out there who's ready to put on a cap and gown. So you've finished the exam, the grades are in, and you're ready to celebrate LDOC. That's the last day of class. But I've got news for you. You're not done. You're never done. Stay tuned as I layer on a lifetime of assignments after school is done and offer some tips to the professional on how to stay current in pediatrics. Being a provider is a never-ending course on your population-based healthcare. You should definitely take a moment to congratulate yourself. Pop some bubbly and cheers to your hard work. Kick up your feet and relax for an evening. And be sure to thank all the people who supported you through this effort. But tomorrow morning, you better get back to work. You've got boards to study for, a job to find, and a host of old hobbies that were gathering dust in the corner during graduate school that you can't wait to uncover and restart. You upregulated during graduate school, meaning that you completed a higher volume of work than you ever thought possible by juggling school, work, home responsibilities, and a social life. And I'm telling you that you should take a note from Sir Isaac Newton. Keep doing it. Objects in motion tend to stay in motion, so just stay up there at your high-functioning state and become the type of provider that really pushes yourself to be an expert in your field. I know that if you're a student, a new grad, or maybe even a novice, you think that your options for being an expert feel limited, but that's just not the case. There are plenty of things that you can do to stay hungry for evidence-based practice in pediatrics. Let's talk about a few of them. First, you should join NAPNAP. That's the National Association of Pediatric Nurse Practitioners. There's a reduced student rate and new graduate rate. NAPNAP not only offers conferences that are amazing, but loads of other resources to engage with other nurse practitioners, get involved in the profession, and learn. Members get a subscription to the Journal of Pediatric Healthcare and access to archived articles. You could subscribe to another journal. The American Academy of Pediatrics publishes Pediatrics in Review monthly, which is my number one journal recommendation for people who have general practice or are early in their careers. I love reading their articles because I know that it's a peer-reviewed resource and it saves me time and energy on staying up to date on all the newest literature. You should focus on pediatric continuing education. Maybe attending a conference doesn't fit your schedule or budget. But no matter what, you've got to get continuing education in order to keep your license and certification. So focus your efforts on really great education from key pediatric sources that will provide you with sound knowledge on the topic. Your employer will often reimburse any course fees incurred, but there are tons of free educational opportunities out there, some of which will give you CE credit. This is called Free Open Access Medical Education, or FOAM, which brings me to my next point. Subscribe to a podcast. Clearly, you already listen to the Peds NP, which you should continue doing. And I work hard to make this a source of clinical pearls for both my students and a greater population of working providers. But you should know that there are other great podcasts out there too, each one with their own niche. The point here is that taking 15 minutes a week to engage your brain in topical conversation surrounding your specialty is a great way to stay current and immersed in the profession. 
Find a mentor. Mentorship is a dying trend, which is a shame. I have multiple mentors who've been incredible advocates and supporters over the years. They became my friends too. The thing about mentorship is that no one is gonna come knocking on your door asking to be your mentor. You have to ask them. And it's important to have that conversation where you pointedly tell them that they would be valuable to you and ask them formally, would you be my mentor? This isn't like a middle school relationship where they're checking a box with yes or no and you giggle in the hallway as they pass by your locker. This means that you will have regular meetings, maybe over Zoom, maybe coffee, maybe dinner if you're lucky like me. This isn't just time to gossip and catch up on the current drama of your workplace. There should be an agenda and an end goal. You'll leave the meeting with more work to do and an idea of where to go next because your mentor is wise and sage and has the experience to know where to guide you. Disseminate. Let me say that again. Disseminate, disseminate, disseminate. Write an abstract and make a poster about the project you've been working on in your committee at work. Give a podium presentation at a national conference on a topic that interests you. Ask that mentor of yours to be the last author on an article you write and publish in a journal. I know you're thinking, oh, that sounds so fancy. I couldn't possibly do that. Well, you can. And start with a case study of an interesting patient that you saw in clinic. Case studies are an awesome way to get your feet wet with academic writing and the journal submission process that engages you in the content matter and the literature. And lastly, but certainly not least, or a shameless plug, get a postmaster's certificate. I teach to a variety of nurse practitioner specialties, primary care pediatric nurse practitioners, acute care pediatric nurse practitioners, and family nurse practitioners. We have this variety in the field because of the needs of our patient populations. Each has its own scope and role in the healthcare system. As you find a job, you might realize that you need to supplement your original NP education with more population-focused material in a postmaster certificate program. Yeah, right, you say. I just finished school and there is no way that you're going to cut my paychecks for tuition when I've already got a job and have tasted that sweet, sweet nectar of free time. And to that, I'll say, well, that's cute that you think that. But the reality is that employers and the boards of nursing are wise to the roles and specialization of NPs. So you must have the correct specialization for your role in which you work. You might get to keep your job now, but as soon as the board of nursing or your employer say, "Uh uh-uh, then you're going to be scrambling for a program so that you can keep your job. So think about it. For the safety of your patients, competency of your practice, and the longevity of your job. And when you decide it's time to go back for a postmaster's, call me. I know you think I'm going to end this episode with a soundbite from Pomp and Circumstance or a quote from the Vitamin C graduation song, which in full disclosure, I definitely listened to as I was writing this podcast. But I'm not, because learning never ends. I'll just see you with different letters after your name, as a colleague, a collaborator, and appear. Medical education is a career-long endeavor, and I'm here to tell you that the work is never done. So I'll just say see you later and remind you that all that work you did wasn't for your career ladder, your certification, or for me. 
It was for those kids you take care of. I'm Becky Carson. Take care.